Prepare yourself for Listoff, the gaming podcast where your hosts, Brian and Ryan, rank the things they love. Three, two, one, Listoff. This week, Listoff gets a little nip and a little tuck because we are talking about the top five games that deserve a remake or remaster. Speaking of someone who does not need a remake or remaster, how you doing, Brian? Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. And how um, are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing really well. We're not only is Brian with us, we also have a special guest this week. We have Ben from the Play Along podcast. How you doing, Ben? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's something I wanted to do for a long time, so I'm happy to actually get it going. Yeah, awesome. We're very happy to have you on the show. Uh, yeah, um, so we'll start with you. Uh, you want to talk about your show a little bit first before we get into what you've been yeah. playing? Yeah, so we play along podcast is the name of the show, and we are kind of a mix between like a book club and an audio book. The audio book edition was more recent. I can't remember who said it, but someone said it was like an audio book because we basically just go through a game in sections and we talk about the plot and we kind of bounce off of one another in terms of what we thought of it. Um, So we do invite people to play along with us, but you can also just listen. Like we've had some people who are like, I'm never going to get around to playing this (laughs) game. So listening to you guys playing it is like a cool way of experiencing it. Yeah, I've said that more Uh, than a few times. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, yeah, we have a big range, really. Like Jared's kind of our our Nintendo boy. So (laughs) I I think like as of recording, he's announced his next series. But so far, I think he's only recommended like five games and we've had two Zeldas and a Pokemon. (laughs) 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 Kai's our, our resident indie man. Uh, he loves a good indie game. And then I just kind of bounce around. I seem to be more retro. I've noticed a lot of the stuff I want to play is like older games. Uh, oh, uh, but, should we just yeah. get right into that then? Uh, uh, you guys want to talk about a certain uh, retro game or just get that out of the way? For <laughs> Mario RPG? <laughs> oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you're a big fan of it, Brian. <laughs> no, so I, I actually have done some self-reflection and uh, thought about what that game means to me. And yes, definitely there's a lot of nostalgia going on. Um, <laughs> the, the game was, was fun as a kid and I, I, I really do like it. Um, you brought up a lot of great points. I, I will, I will say that. And yeah, I, I just want to interject with a little context because the listeners may not yes. be aware on Twitter. Um, yeah. It came up that uh play along podcast had their uh, strong opinions on super Mario RPG and, and they lean towards the negative, but, honestly brought up some excellent points as to why and as you know regular listeners may imagine that didn't sit well with brian who hails <laughs> super mario rpg as one of his favorite games of all time it, so it is it is i, I still maintain that it's a, a really good game for me and and in my mind um the, the music i will contest as something um so yes the battle music can get a little repetitive but i feel like there's a lot of other great bangers in there that I, I love hearing even now like remixed versions of it. So, but yeah, I, I think, I think I will have to uh, give that up a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, I understand what you're saying though. Cause it's 
you know, rose tinted glasses are are a hell of a thing. And right. you know, I I knew I mean we we played Metal Gear for uh, for play along and like Metal Gear to me is what Super Mario is to you. Right. And and so when I played it for play along, I was like I can't like I ripped into Zelda. I ripped into <laughs> Ocarina, you know. So I was like, I need to be open to the fact that this game that I love so much has its issues. And it does right. definitely have its issues, you know, it's it's misogynistic as hell for one, just right off the bat. So you know, it, it's that's what's interesting about this kind of like this medium is that just when you play a game completely changes your experience of it. Like yeah. it absolutely changes your experience of it. Yeah. Most recently you talked about Oregon trail and uh, thank you for killing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, it sounds like I was easy. Uh, you know, a snake bite isn't that bad compared to getting run over by a wagon or something like that. Yes. So, yeah. Um, but I like that you brought up its depiction of native Americans and things like that. You guys always bring up great issues when you're discussing a game. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we try to. We yeah. try to. It's still, I mean, we were saying just pre-recording, like it's still surreal to think that people even actually listen to the show. Like, it's just crazy. Well, I do. Absolutely crazy. Do. So uh, without further ado, I say we get into our pre-flight checklist, which is now the term for it. Yes. Uh, so, so Ben, what have you been playing? Uh, first of all, I love the fact that you've come up with this pre-flight checklist. Like when I heard it on the episode, I was like, yeah, okay, that's, that's perfect. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, I'm one of these people, I kind of have like a main game and then side games. And so it will depend on my mood. Uh, if I want to do something quick after work, uh, split gate is my go-to. Yes. I absolutely love that game. And it's just it's nice just to sit down and unwind they're like five eight minute matches so you just play like three or four and then crack on with what you need to do the main thing i've been going through is sekiro sekiro has been like my main thing i've been playing that game on and off for years i kind of dipped my toe into it and then came out and my my fiance ellie she bought me elder ring for my birthday and uh bless her heart she bought it for me on pc and my pc cannot hack it oh no <laughs> um but i mean luckily like i'm i'm upgrading soon so i was like okay well before i jump into elden ring let me like beat sekiro let me be done with sekiro and sort of get some of the rust off and and do that uh, but yeah, I mean, I play that. Legends Arceus I've been playing a lot of. Uh, Mario Golf. That's actually been really nice. fun, surprisingly. <laughs> I love golf games. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I just love Mario sports games. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Mario Kart. Mario Kart's a classic. And mm-hmm. I know you, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for Ryan to be like, you know, I want a champion series. No, I'm not oh, going to yeah. bring that up. No, 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 no. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm, I try to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah think about the sports games something about them like i'm really looking forward to uh the strikers game mm-hmm. that's coming out that's going to be great yeah. uh but yeah just i kind of bounce around there like the main the main ones 
I need to get back into it takes two. Me and Ellie were playing that, so I need mm. to finish that. That's yeah. a long game from what I understand. It's surprisingly I wouldn't say it's extremely long, but it's probably like a good like eighteen hours, I'd say, like eighteen yeah. to twenty hours. Um and I think like most people I'm playing it with a partner who doesn't play video games. Sure. Um and so it's kind of like she was heavily obsessed with it and then she's kind of come off of it. Right. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, when you're ready, we'll jump back in. That's it. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I need to also finish. It takes two. I started it with my wife, but it was kind of similar. We sat down, played a few times and moved on. We have a tendency to lean into Mario Kart when it's like, Oh, we have time to play a video game together. It's like, well, we like, I guess we're more competitive than uh, working together than cooperative. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you just need that bit of competitiveness. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Get all that. <laughs> Get all the aggression out. <laughs> it's couples therapy right yeah. there. So you're a brave man if you're going right uh, from Sekiro into uh, Elden Ring. So kudos for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be nice, I think, because I'm going to hit Elden Ring as it's... I mean, it's never not going to be in the zeitgeist, but mm. like when it's, it's not in the peak of its right. discussion. And so right. I'll kind of... I'll get to experience it a bit blinder than other people, which mm. I think is going to be, is going to be nice, but that's definitely one. I'm going to, I'm going to long that out. I'm going to enjoy my time in that and I'm <laughs> going to explore every single nook and cranny. And- wow. Yeah. I, I good, good, good on you. But uh, I tried, I just, it's a, it's a huge world. I, I mean, you say <laughs> that just, I'm sure you mean it and I'm sure you will, but man, it's, it's a lot. It is a oh, yeah, cut to six months when I'm <laughs> right. like, no, I've taken a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It could probably be like five years from now, and you'll be like, I'm still exploring. <laughs> I'm still exploring. Uh, good games, though, all around. Uh, how about you, Brian? What have you been playing this week? So, yes, I have jumped into Elden Ring after a long stint of Horizon and Tunic. I finally put the, the bow on, on both of those games, and now I'm fully into Elden Ring and yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, I haven't, I don't think I've gotten too far. I've probably played like two sessions worth. So maybe like three hours, maybe mm-hmm. four hours grand total. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm loving the exploration. I, this is the only game outside of Bloodborne in this style that I've ever played. And I already like this one a lot more. I loved Bloodborne's style, you know, the gothic nature and whatnot. But this is already more so speaking my language by being that that open world with a, a little more bright visuals. Uh, yeah. So I think that's more in line what I'm looking for, especially coming off of Horizon. You know, that game is absolutely gorgeous. So this is a good kind of middle ground between uh, that and Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I just want to say I'm a little shocked by your lack of messaging me, Brian. Uh, you've been playing Elden Ring and you haven't. I mean, you did a little bit message. First, first, so you've only played for three hours and you were like, I'm level seven and I'm going to fight the first boss. Is this a good idea? No. I, I got within... <laughs> I got him down to like a third of his health. It's pretty good. And then you it's told me, good. no, 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 you need, you need to go level. So I got like <laughs> 10 more levels and then yeah. tried again. And then one more hit. I was one hit away. Yeah. And, you know, the, the game does such a good job of like 
oh yeah, he almost had me. And it's, it's very, it, it taunts you and yeah, he, it taunts ta- you. <laughs> he taunts you by just, just saying the same thing over and over again. Just like, oh, like I can't stand it. I know I can beat you. Put these foolish ambitions to rest. For sure. Yeah. So I, I'm glad to hear that you're liking the exploration because it actually had me a little concerned when you said, oh, like I'm, I'm at the first boss and I'm running into this wall at level seven. Because I was thinking, man, like he didn't explore much at all. If you no, I, I probably did like one little cave with that jumping dog statue, um, which that that was to fairly cat. easy. It says a dog. It's a watchdog. It? Oh, wow. it's, a, it's called a watchdog. Maybe in oh, it Lord, looks like okay. a cat. Maybe in uh, the lands between cats or dogs and dogs or cats. Right. I don't know. And I took a, a no spoilers the, though, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that's like the th- the first thing like. 500 feet from the start so but yeah i mean that that cat's been memed i know (laughs) yeah for sure for sure i mean i already i'm not even playing the game and i already know that there's a part where there is uh a a cliff and then a gap and another cliff and there's a bird that you can aggro with a bow that gives you like ten thousand runes because when you aggro it it runs towards you I can't remember where it is. If I if I come across, oh, and it falls off the cliff. Yeah, you (laughs) you basically it's right by a graze point, and so you you come away from the graze point and you shoot it with a bow to aggro it. Right, it might be like a crab or something. I can't remember, and it it comes off the cliff and dies, and you get like ten thousand runes, and then you just go back. You go back to the touch graze point. Yeah. It respawns and you repeat like it's, oh, it's and take take advantage of those, Brian. Like do do things like that because it's only going to help you, I think, get push farther into the game. And it is an immense game. So as far as you know, I have no shame in right. doing. Yeah. Um, I still haven't figured out the summons thing, by the way. Because eventually, I'm just, like I'm just I, stupid on that. I, I did a rune farm for a little while, but you get bored of it. It's the same mm-hmm. action over and over. So I did it. I got a few levels out of it, and I was like, okay, like I think I'm good. I'm ready to push forward now. And and it was a nice break. You know, gives you a little more yeah. confidence when you see those higher <laughs> numbers next to the stats. So, right. Well, yeah. like you said, if it's going to push me to like actually complete the game, then it's worth it. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have to imagine that from put it in there, knowing though, you know, like they, yeah. they've put stuff in and knowing that people will find it and people will use it. And that kind of validates the difficulty of some of the later bosses in the game with how intricate they get with all the details yeah you have to imagine that it's it's planned yeah Yeah. pretty meticulous yeah but yeah that's that's it for elden ring um and i'm very eager to hear what you've been playing if it if it's what i think ryan not a whole lot actually Ah, okay (laughs) yeah no i have been playing the game that brian i think you said it off air that you were, you've never been so sure there was a game I would enjoy. Yes. And that game is Tunic. Uh, and I am enjoying it. Uh, unfortunately, I've only had an opportunity to play a few hours um, mm-hmm. without spoilers because it is like Legend of Zelda. So as you can imagine, you acquire items, right? That make the game easier. The last thing I acquired was a lantern. I don't feel like that's a spoiler. <laughs> um, so that's how far I am into the game. Okay. It's really cool. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Ben. No, I was going to say, like, I, I wanted to just jump in and say, like, the conversation between you two about Tunic bumped Tunic right up my backlog list. Like, it was, 
I I was looking at it like, oh, in three or four games, I'll get to it. Um, but no, I think I think once I finish Sekiro, I think yeah. I, I'm going to jump into it. Definitely. I would highly suggest it. It's it's beautiful at this point. Like I'm really wowed. Everything is so soft in the world. You know, right. it's like just really cool art direction the whole way through. They had a very clear vision of what they wanted the game to look like. Uh, and the use of light and sound. I mean, the soundtrack, I find myself humming throughout the day. It's, right. it's yeah, it's a very, um, you know, there are those games that are like cozy games and this is combat based. So I wouldn't call it a cozy game, but if you go by like the vibe, by the music, the art style, just that alone, it looks like a cozy game. Sure. The cuteness of the main character and oh, all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. I do want to see where it goes from here. I love what they do in the beginning with kind of um, how you learn more information about the world around you. I don't want to get into the specifics there, but it's really, they tell you nothing. And I, I do appreciate that. And I think the biggest realization is how much we know already just from playing games, just from being game gamers. Like right. it's incredible. Yeah. I, I found myself figuring things out and putting pieces together and, and it, this is without even a hint or a clue or anything sending you in the right direction, but it's just like, oh, well, you've done this a thousand times before, so you know it. You just know it. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. very intuitive. Yeah, it's one of those weird things that I got from playing. It takes two with my other half. Like I'd run up to something, and I'm like, okay, I I know it's A to jump, and she's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, <laughs> it's always it's always A or X. Like whatever the bottom one is, it's <laughs> yeah. always. A Unless you're Rockstar. Oh, I yeah. will bring yeah. this up every time. <laughs> they need to change. Oh, they square. really do. Why? Yeah. Why square? I know. Oh, they're the worst. But um, yeah, so uh, I do want to push farther into Tunic and, and get more into that. I actually purchased a game today that I will be playing that I'm oh. I'm excited to play. Uh, and it is uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, he did it! He's did. finally done it. Yes. I did. I purchased it. Um, the last person on earth to not play this game, apparently, because <laughs> it's the PS5 version, and I think right now on PS5 it's seventy percent off, so it is it's ten dollars. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was like, yeah, well, I'm never going to get it cheaper than this, and it's the upgraded version, so right. I might as well. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's about it. That's what we've been playing this week. Without further ado, I say we go ahead and we get into our lists. All right. So once again, we are doing our top five games that deserve a remake or remaster. Uh, and man, I had a lot of fun putting this list together. I tried to make it personal, but I feel like there are these universal games as well, right? That just everybody kind of, yeah, this, like, yeah. how has this not happened yet, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So with that lead in, Ben, we'll start with you. What is your honorable mention? So my honorable mention, I debated this one. Um, it's kind of cheeky. I did like a two part. Uh, we've had so that happen before <laughs> yeah. my honorable mention is metal gear solid slash pt okay um right. i i mean i was saying to you guys before like i absolutely love metal gear and the reason i put it as an honorable mention is because as much as i want it to happen i cannot see it ever physically happening 
just purely because of the bad blood between Konami and Kojima. Uh, I feel like you can't win. You know, Metal, Metal Gear fans want a new Metal Gear, but they want Kojima to be involved because it's Kojima's baby. Kojima's never going to be involved because him and Konami have officially burned that bridge. It's, <laughs> it's done. Mm-hmm. And if Konami were to remake it without Kojima, people would buy it, but it would either be reviewed bomb to hell or people would just boycott it or something. Like, There's been heavy rumors for years now. I'm talking like four or five years at least. I remember the first rumors coming out that they were doing it. They would need to... It would have to be a remake. You can't remaster this game. Mm, like it is like I mean the the themes it tackles in terms of uh psychological damage to to soldiers of war and nuclear weapons and stuff, they're still prevalent today, but its depiction of women is actually I mean it's just atrocious. Like let's not beat around the bush, you know, it's we we said it even Jared said like every time they empower Meryl, they immediately take it away and take her back to being some kind of frail woman who needs rescuing. Uh but I definitely feel that if done right it could work. But like I said, that that bridge being burnt, it, I can't see it ever happening. Mm-hmm. And PT just oh my god, <laughs> oh just my make the game right. <laughs> I'm a massive horror fan, like of like movies, games. I absolutely love it. Same. And there are only two games on this planet that have genuinely terrified me. PT is one of them, and Alien Isolation. Yeah, is the other one. <laughs> definitely. And PT, you know. Norman Reedus wasn't the captivating point for me. Uh, I've never been a fan of The Walking Dead. I just never got around to watching it. But Hideo Kojima and Gilmero the Toro, like, you know, growing up watching like Pan's Labyrinth and Mm -hmm. things like that, like that guy just, he knows how to bring grotesque and creepy to life. And so the idea of those two working together was just absolutely amazing to me. Uh, and this was one of the victims of that of that bridge being burnt to the point where people are selling PS4s with PT mm-hmm. still on it for like six hundred dollars because it got taken off. It got taken off my library. <laughs> yeah, I, I had one of those. Uh, but see, I would have had to give away my the rest of my right. gaming collection with it because I'm all digital. So yeah, I was yeah. gonna say you're a digital man, aren't you? Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, I that was the annoying thing is like I I had PT, I played it, I uninstalled it, it was in my library. Mm-hmm. And by the time I found out it was already gone from the library, oh. like there was no warning. Yeah. I got no chance to re-download it. And I was just at work and someone was like, Oh my god, they've they've pulled PT from people's libraries. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, I was literally going to download it when I got home. Like, what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I uh, another reason I think that going back to Metal Gear, it would need a remake, not a remaster, is because the the isometric camera wouldn't really work. I think that the later Metal Gear games have proven it operates better as more of a third person action game. Yeah, action definitely. Game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely. This one, 
so I pay attention, Ben, and I listen. And that's why I actually left Metal Gear Solid off my list because I was like, there is a, a, at least a 95% chance it'll be on yours. So I'm oh, glad yeah. it paid that's off. Me. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. it paid off. Anyone who's listened to Play Along knows how much that I love that game. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we're going to the digital man to find out what his honorable mention is. Actually, Brian is a digital man. He's a computer program I wrote up and he he does not actually exist. So just an AI. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. An AI who talks back. That's right. <laughs> That's why like I always am able to like say B Ryan and everything and he just lets it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not That's mellow. The, That's He's the way you that- activate me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you make them convincing by making them argue back so no one becomes <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> exactly. All right, getting into my honorable <laughs> mention. Uh so I have chosen Resident Evil Code Veronica. Oh, so this this is one okay. where you know this this was a departure from the style uh graphical style in that it was fully 3D rendered so it wasn't those backdrops that were just still frames uh and i think it would it would they could keep all of these same camera angles and movements and just upgrade those visuals and i feel like i would be very happy with with the results um, definitely, you know, increasing the 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 VO and mm-hmm. um, the character models and everything that goes along with a, a remake. But I, I I really feel like the environments in this game were were something special. That that Spencer Manor uh, mansion at the mm-hmm. beginning is is just so creepy. Um, you know, the the oh, music the whole, definitely yeah. makes it that you know especially creepy. Um, but there's just there's just a lot of different environments in this game that I would love to see redone with with today's graphics. Uh, even Antarctica, that that would be a, a great just I, I can see just mm-hmm. the whole finish to that that entire zone, and and it would be really good. Yeah, Resident Evil has some generally has good enemy design too, but this had some really like really unique enemy designs. Uh, I think, yeah, they were very yeah. cool. The little stretchy arm guys. Remember? Yeah. Stretchy arm guys. Yeah. I, I, I gonna, Oh yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to ask because I am a, I'm a resident evil noob. So mm-hmm. the, the only, I've only ever heard bad things about code. Veronica. Oh, I don't know wow. if it's just the people it. I'm talking to. Sure. Uh, it seemed to be a very divisive game in the series. So, like, what is it that that made it stand out? What is it made it different? Yeah, so I mean, it, it definitely has the same puzzle. So, the, I think the puzzles are better in in this game than others. You will get items that you will have no idea what to do with, and like twenty steps later, you'll you'll start using them. So I think they they really stretched out what the puzzles could be in this. Um, I think that that dynamic camera was something of the time that that made it stand out a bit um Mm. i think i think the story is is pretty enticing too um you know you're playing as claire which people were already um pretty high on from resident evil 2 um right yeah so i also it was in it's an interesting game it's very much this in between the you know tank control resident evils and resident evil 4 in a lot of ways not just the camera angle but also how it controls and how it plays Uh, i do think it had 
some really terrible characters uh, involved. Steve. Steve. God, Steve. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Probably the worst character in Resident Evil, period. He's not but, great. Um, yeah, it was really cool to play as Claire. And the story goes without spoiling anything. If you if you do genuinely want to play it, the story does take turns that genuinely surprise you. Like there are unexpected yes. things. Battles take place in unexpected places throughout the game. You go to unexpected places. Uh, and I just think it does a good job. You know, there was a formula uh, with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 1 as to how it, these games dealt with playing as two separate characters, right? You basically get mm-hmm. kind of intersecting stories and you play as one or the other. And this kind of did something new and fresh with that. And if, I will echo what Brian said too. The environments were really, really cool in this game. You start out at this like kind of a, a facility on an island and yeah, I, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it was very atmospheric and it, it was unique for Resident Evil games at the time, for sure. I would and, say the yeah. the creep factor is <laughs> ratcheted up in this one too. You know, Resident Evil games have always been pretty scary and and have creepy things happen, but this this takes it up a notch. Yeah. So it sounds like it was just the fact that it was different from what was coming out at the time, and mm-hmm. people. Because I mean, I've only spoken to a couple of people about it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of seemed to be that it was a departure from the series. They were like, no, it wasn't what I wanted in the resident evil game. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was right on track for what I was looking for the next step to be. Um, mm. I played it on the dreamcast and Same. I feel like that was, that was probably the best way to play it. Cause like the graphics were, were as good as they could get. Um, and you got that VMU uh, indication of your health. Yeah. That was so cool. cool. Yeah. It would tell you if you're fine or in danger. And yeah, I love that. Yeah, I would I would play this. I would play a remake of this 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. It, it is a game that also needs one because I do think you can miss the original Ben and and you wouldn't be hurting for it, you know. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh my honorable mention, <laughs> you guys had great picks and my my pick is the Cyber Stadium series Base Wars for the NES. Do you do you guys know about this game? I've never heard of it. So it's a terrible, terrible baseball game for the NES where you play as cyborgs and you oh, have like tank sorry. treads. You've, or, you've talked about it. Right. Now, but I, yeah. right. Or you're like, a mo- you have like a motorcycle, you're like a unicycle kind of guy, or you're just like a regular humanoid cyborg. Um, did they make an American football one of this? I don't know if they did. I know they made like the Mutant League, which maybe is a comparable game. But it seems like they would because it is called Cyber Stadium Series. So I'm not mm. sure. It does at least sound like they had plans to take it to other, you know, other sports. But um, the reason I think this deserves a remake is because it really did some interesting things that I don't think any other game has done well. You have simulated baseball games or arcade baseball games. But really, this was a risk taker. It wasn't well done. It didn't play well, but it was cool. You could play as these cyborgs playing baseball. You could power them up. You got into fights on the baseball field. And I think if you were to make just some ridiculous sports game like this in 2022, it could look great, play great, 
it could do all the things right that this game did wrong and have some really unique takes on it. The the parallel I want to make and what I almost put on my list was the mutant league games, like mutant league football and mutant league hockey, which were just like bonkers. There were traps. You could have, you could make the puck explode. You could like decapitate your opponents. And I think that's the step that arcade sports games need to take. I would love to see it. And I would love to play a version of this game that, has what the promise of the original was right back to those crazy roots yeah and i think that like i don't play a lot of sports games you had mentioned those mario sports games and i think a reason i do tend to enjoy those is because they take those risks they take they elevate your normal vanilla sport to a level that i think appeals more to gamers and I could see something similar happening with this, where it elevates it to a level where like, it's just a fun game to play. It's not necessarily like about it being a baseball game. You know, you have people who say, oh, I don't play sports games. Well, if a sports game had more game elements that were leaned into the absurd, I think a lot more people would find it appealing. Mm. And it's I almost would like a, a delineation between like arcadey and simulation where that same sounds more like an arcadey sports game. Whereas like a regular NBA would be or FIFA that's simulation. almost. Right. 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 Yeah. And, um, I mean, and the, the point they have arcades are arcadey sports games, but like, I want to see it go one step farther. I yeah. want to see it be like yeah. crazy beefed up cyborg hitting 1500 foot home runs and getting into fights on the baseball diamond, yeah. you know, like that's it. Yeah. I want to see he that smashes it out. The, yeah, he smashes it out the park and some cyborg just stretches up 20 foot in the right. air and catches the ball. Like. Yeah, and you could have like specific, you know, uh, things that you could add, like cybernetics that you could add to certain players. Like, oh, I want my outfielder to be able to do that. So he could have the stretchy arms, but then I want my you know pitcher to have like a rocket arm or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do realize I sound ridiculous, but... I would play the game and I'm also not a game developer. So take this idea and run with it, guys. Just give Ryan his goofy baseball cyborg game. It's all I want. It's all I want. (laughs) I'm sure there's so many people are like, you had six picks and you picked this game. (laughs) But I mean, I think a big part of it is because when I was a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, cyborg baseball. Like what's cooler than baseball? Cyborg baseball, right? (laughs) Except it wasn't. A lot of things. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really wanted it to be, and I still think it could have been. So, yeah. You, you d- yeah. I'm going to lie. not going to lie. You didn't do a great job of selling the original game. The the potential remake <laughs> sounds a lot better. But, right. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point. This game could have been good, and it should be. There, so you, there go. you go. Mm, okay. Well, that would bring us to mine number five. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, so my number five is uh, a PS1 game. is Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. I I don't have super vivid memories of this game. I just remember it being really cool when I was a kid. (laughs) And so it's essentially um, an action-adventure third-person game, and you play as this... You play as this character, uh, I had to give it a Google, because you don't play as Kane. Kane was the one in the previous games. You play mm-hmm. as someone called Raziel, and basically Kane kills you and throws you into a pit that's supposed to be like the River of the Dead. 
you get resurrected by this elder god and then you are sent to essentially take down Cain and you you fight the person who was the protagonist of the previous games oh. and he yeah and it's just like you you go around and you would kill people and then you could you were like a vampire of sorts and you would absorb mm-hmm. their soul and it's just I, I look at games that have come out not Ubisoft games like I'm not going to go down that town I can't stand Ubisoft games but <laughs> things like your 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 horizon your ghost of Tsushima you know these like open world games because i mean the the environments were like very like sort of gothic meets like a land of the dead kind of place mm-hmm. it was like and it, it was just you had all these abilities that you got i just think it would fit so well and the idea of you know because essentially what happened beforehand is that kane Cain kills eight of the guardians of the land that he is from because he wants to basically stop them from protecting it. And then he finds out he is the ninth guardian and he refuses to kill himself (laughs) and basically becomes corrupt and goes on a tyrant and creates this race of vampires who go on to become the apex predators. So there's all this like massive backlore in mm-hmm. terms of like what happened previously. And I just think it would be a good game, you know, as of the time of recording, if you listen three years from now, <laughs> <laughs> there's probably different types of games, but these, I mean, I, I, I am getting a bit open world fatigue, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I feel like in the cl- the current climate, something like this and i mean i can imagine i i don't want to say from soft but it, it maybe oh, it's because be of elden ring but it feels it feels very much like that kind of overarching law with like maybe like the gothicness from bloodborne mixed with some of the dark souls environments and like i could just see it coming together mm-hmm. very well put blue point on it Blue Point. Yeah. That's the <laughs> that's the team I was thinking of. I couldn't remember the name. They did Demon Souls remake, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That would be. Yeah, I, I, this would be a good one for sure. It's a great pick. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I wonder. See what I was thinking when you were explaining the lore. I'm like, man, could they sum that up in a cutscene and still get players on board? I think because the games already exist, it could mm. absolutely work. Yeah, and I mean, like you can. So, so from what I remember, the game begins essentially. You, you walk into uh, the chamber where Kane is, and you take a knee and you show him that you've like grown these wings and essentially have evolved, mm-hmm. and that's why he kills you. He kills you because you've evolved and you've become something that is potentially higher than him. So he rips your wings off and throws you into this lake of the dead, and you know you can you can drip feed the story through the elder God and through, cause I mean, there are other, there are other people that Cain has crossed that you meet. Mm-hmm. And so they can explore, they, they can explain their interactions with him and you can kind of be drip fed the past that way. Yeah, that's true. And it so, gives me some Hades vibes almost just like with this. 
it's very sort of similar in terms of that like everyone's got their own story about mm-hmm. how they interact with the character and how they interact with Hades and things like that. It's, right. it's very, very similar to that. This guy is like a powerful tyrant who has crossed a lot of people to get where he is. Right. Yeah. Be a good pick for sure. Yeah. I would, I would play it. This is one that I, whenever I would do like emulation on Vita or PSP, People were mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is the game you need to play. And I always had it like on my PSP and then just never, never got around to it. Yeah, it's one of those games <laughs> I remember playing as a kid and I'm always sitting there and I'm like, oh, I'll go back and replay that at some <laughs> point. And I just haven't. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe I should play it. Uh, I had a friend who swore by it and I was like, yeah, yeah, buddy. Like, all right. Probably, you probably have, have it on your classic. I, exactly. I probably yeah. do have it. <laughs> I remember loving it. And I remember like when I looked up, I looked up to make sure I had the name right and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh the review scores were like amazing. The review scores were like near perfect. So yeah. It was crazy. No, I do remember it being very popular when it was released. It was it was a big game, big title for sure. Yeah, and it's Dennis Dyack is the creator. And then Crystal Dynamics is the publisher. Oh, wow. Hmm. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know it was Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Then they went on to do the Avengers. No, yeah. they went on to do the. Wait. No, wait. Never mind. I was thinking Tomb Raider, but that was something else. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I'm going to take it in a different direction for a different system. And we're going to the N64. And we're going to take James Bond. And we're going to remake <gasps> The World is... Nope. GoldenEye uh, 007. Which this one, there's it's heavily rumored is like actually happening. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not nothing's confirmed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this one. So Goldeneye 007. I think I think most of us have played this game at this point. Uh, but this was this was the game for so many of us for the time that it came out. And you know we, we've gotten better iterations of this with perfect dark and time splitters and things like that same, same people developing sure sure but goldeneye i mean you want to play as james bond that's 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 the key role here and i feel like i i just loved those levels and i don't i don't think it was just because i went through them like over and over again got all the cheats did all the the best times i really feel like they had some really good level design and you don't get games that do the same mission style um, that that this one did. Um, mm. It was I feel like it was it was kind of one of its kind. It was it was pretty unique, and I don't really feel like companies did this before or after, where you have a set of goals that you then have to complete, and if you mess it up, then you have to start all the way over. So it it, it was kind of bridging you know old style gameplay of like you know hey you have to do the whole thing again and of course we get missions and and different objectives um in games nowadays but it's like hey you didn't really 
quite get that, so you can do this other thing. Or they you want get to keep four stars flowing. instead of five stars for the <laughs> right, level, right? Yeah. Goldeneye's just like, nah, you 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 missed the the R1 tracker bug, and you need to start the whole thing over. See, my my brain went in a completely different way. I was thinking like sixteen man online slappers only lobby. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that a remake of this has to include a robust multiplayer. And I mean, that would be the selling point, surely. Yeah, like it would, it would. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in in these single player player levels because I I spent so much time and and want to yeah. see those with some some nice graphics. But they have to get that feel right, and part of that is definitely the multiplayer. So yeah. I I have feelings about this, Brian, and I'm okay. not going to say I'm not I'm definitely not going to say you're wrong, but <laughs> to me, Goldeneye is like a don't touch like don't mess with it because how do you do a game like this justice in a remake they've tried it they've made it golden eye the, the sequel, wrong people right? tried yeah. it it was like some pseudo sequel and um yeah absolutely the wrong people tried it but that's i don't know if there's a right way to do it i don't know if, i mean yeah go ahead no no sorry go on go on no, I was just going to say, like, think of those stages for the multiplayer. Do you recreate those stages? You'd have to make everything. It'd have to be just that, right? A remake. And then will it be kind of critically panned because it is literally just the same level structure instead of something new? You know, it's just such a tricky thing yeah. to deal with. You right? can't change the yeah. sounds. You right. need to keep that. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of pitfalls for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially I mean, I, with I was, the. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. No, go sorry. I was just. I was going to say. I was thinking something like, you know, people said this sort of thing about the Final Fantasy VII remake, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I can't comment too much because I've I've never played a Final Fantasy game, but um, <laughs> you know, the remake is is so critically held, like, and people love the it is essentially the same world, but it isn't the same world. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you'd be able to do Goldeneye per se, but I feel like you could definitely do a Bond game that is very clearly paying homage to Goldeneye. That would be an interesting take on it. Yeah. Because I also feel like with the single player levels, if you were to make those levels in 2022, people would be like, this just does not cut it. These are small, short levels. Like it's not enough, right? Mm. The world is not enough. <laughs> uh, oh. But I, I just think that critics would knock the living daylights out of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It'd be like, I want Dr. No more of this. <laughs> Sorry. These were not He's, not. He's really not. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, I, mean, I do I, I, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, right? It's tricky, but you can you could go even like down like an IO interactive route with the Hitman series and have this one set level, but it's a living, breathing level. Mm -hmm. There are people who are there and you can interact with them. And, you know, I, I don't know how it would work necessarily for all of the levels, but I feel like IO showed that it's definitely possible to have a linear game in that sense, in that sense that it is just the one level. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely would love to see something golden eye esque 
Yeah. Definitely. Honestly, if it was a thing and it got even mediocre reviews, I'd probably buy it day one. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we all saw the, the remakes or reloaded, whatever they mm-hmm. called what they were passing off as a remake of it and knew that no, this is, this is not what we're looking for. Yeah. I definitely yeah. didn't buy it. Did you? I, I did. It well, did I have bought the like golden the, controller. I bought like the sequel one. There was like a pseudo sequel where the multiplayer had traps involved and it actually like spanned other games. It was or other movies. Oh. It was it was weird. Uh just yeah. just nerf, just nerf odd job. If you do make yeah. it, just nerf odd job. That's <laughs> what I'm asking. Make them a little bit taller. Honestly, even <laughs> Even if they did like the XBLA Perfect Dark remake where they just cleaned it up, I'd I'd mm-hmm. be pretty happy with that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely it would be weird. Do you know what I think the weirdest part is because that's that game is so specifically tied to a particular Bond movie from like twenty right. odd years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true too, right? Like when was the last time people watched Goldeneye? It's true. Um, all I know is that I love gold. No. <laughs> anyway. Enough. All right. I regret bringing it up. <laughs> uh, so moving on to my number five, we'll, we'll go past all that. Uh, I, I would like to see a remake of Final Fantasy One. Oh, what? No, wait, they just did that? Oh, okay. Okay, then. I would say Final Fantasy Six. Uh, I think this is yeah. one of those that is a no-brainer. I think mm-hmm. this is one that a lot of people would appreciate seeing. You do, actually really good segue, just bringing up uh, Final Fantasy VII. I love the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I feel like at least with that, it was somewhat 3D going to a 3D game. But can you imagine the leap to take Final Fan- Final Fantasy VI was epic for its time, and I think if you were to take even just copy and paste that entire game all the story beats, all the characters and not alter it in any way. Like they did make alterations in the final fantasy seven remake, but just bring six into 2022 with 3d graphics and 3d environments. Like some of the environments in final fantasy six, I can't even imagine what that would look like in 2022 with, with like what we're dealing with, with graphics engines Mm -hmm. now. And uh, I am chomping at the bit for a game like this. And I, you know, I know, I know there's rumors about them remaking nine, and that's fine. I, I think they should focus on bringing some of those older titles, like Strangers of Paradise. Did I buy it? No, but yeah, remaking Final, the early Final Fantasies that were eight bit and sixteen bit, like that is what I want to see. Those are the games I want to go play. Um, yeah. And this is my favorite of the series. So I just, uh, I would really, really love to see something like this. And I think if you're talking about these things being marketable, I mean, final fantasy six is one of those games that has become legend in the years since it's been out. So people would buy it. Yeah, it's, it's my, it's the first final fantasy game I'm going to jump into. Um, oh, good. so I I think I actually own a copy of this and I was like, oh okay, Final Fantasy VI. Didn't know I had it. When I bought a PS1 recently, it, it came with a bunch of games and Final Fantasy VI was one of them. And then when I looked it up, uh, I I kind of looked up what the themes of the game was, and it it covers some some very heavy, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
I was like, okay, this sounds like a bit of me. I love a dark, gritty, you know, yeah. storyline that that hits hard. Like Same. I love a hard punch in narrative. So yeah, of and all it, the ones, yeah, yeah. And playing it as a kid, it, it hit even harder. Um, but I, I do think that it, you know it does some clunky things. It, you, you talked about mm. it's per, you know you talked about Metal Gear and its portrayal of women and things like that. I do think that gets a little tricky throughout. The, it's been years since I played it, but I do remember even playing it. You know, five to ten years ago, some of the lines are just like, "Oh man, like eye roll." You know, uh, somebody yeah, thought yeah. this was a good idea, kind of thing. And it does get into that JRPG, you know, anime silliness too. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really interested to hear what you think of it if you do get around to playing it. Oh, I'll definitely let you know, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, did you play like Final Fantasy IV on DS that they remade? No. Nothing like that? No. Yeah. No, you're the, you're the king of the handheld remakes. <laughs> I was going to say GBA kin over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, shocker that he brings up some remake on a handheld. Right? <laughs> I mean, that was a legitimate remake of, of that game. Yeah. That they, they were pushing as. You also played Perfect Dark on the GBA, didn't you? No. That oh. was the Game Boy Color. Oh, oh excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Even worse. That was horrendous. <laughs> no. It was the only way I could get some cheats without doing a whole bunch of stuff. So it was worth it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my number five, Final Fantasy VI. Oh, okay. Is it me? I believe it's me now, mm-hmm. though. My number four is... I don't believe this has ever actually been a console game. I've only ever known it as an arcade game, but it's uh, House of the Dead. Oh, yeah, cool. No, yeah. <laughs> and specifically, I would like House of the Dead to be a VR remake. Ooh, Ooh man. That'd be yeah. cool. <laughs> um, anyone who doesn't know what the game is, is essentially like a a light rail zombie shooter with absolutely ridiculous over-the-top bosses. And it's just it's just a hell of a time playing in an arcade with someone else. Um we always used to go to like a seaside arcade when I was younger and we would always play, I believe it was four had the shotgun mm-hmm. and like one of them had an Uzi and that was always the two that we would play. And I just think like rail game games have kind of declined over the years just because the play style doesn't fit what gamers want anymore but with the rise of VR and especially with the quest and the ability to connect the quest to your PC and things like that. And, you know, PSVR two potentially around the corner. I think they're talking about like a 2023 release for that. So I just think that this kind of game would work perfectly. And a part of it comes from the fact I played the walking dead saints and sinners on psvr which is actually a really good zombie experience like a good zombie vr experience and so that just got me thinking like i'd I'd love to have a vr pool like a vr remake of house of the dead i think it'd be absolutely brilliant yeah do like online co-op too oh dude it'd be amazing (laughs) so you could get in with a buddy and shoot that would be incredible (laughs) incredible yeah absolutely amazing so do you or even like time crisis like anything any kind of like yeah so arcade games have that these light gun games have that very 
you know, there's a feel to it with the camera is mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. like it moves a very certain way and it flows. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. that as part of the remake? Is that important? I don't know if you could really, because I feel like that would just make people throw up. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. It'd kind of have to be smooth motion, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Would. Um, It'd like, have to be like a sort of native, you can turn your head and look. Maybe like sure. only a fixed amount. Mm-hmm. maybe like make it like a, a cone of vision that you can look around anything in right. that cone uh but yeah i think you'd have to have a free camera because otherwise it's it's yeah. nausea inducing <laughs> I, I do think like the movement forward like pushing forward could be done though because now frame rates are high enough that nausea is less of a factor and things like that so mm-hmm. yeah it, it could still be an on-rail shooter with the freedom of head movement mm-hmm. definitely yeah 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 Man, that would be good. That'd be really good. <laughs> have you ever played Death Horizon Reloaded? No, I can't okay. say I have. No. Yeah, it's kind of like a niche title because there's so many zombie shooters, right? But um, it's almost like Doom esque, but uh, reminds me a lot of um, you know the the uh, what, God, I can't even typing of the dead, <laughs> the House of the Dead, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's just like a little bit over the top, a little slapsticky, right? Like it's having fun with it. It has bosses and stuff like that. If you get a chance, it is on Quest, and uh, it's pretty cheap, and it's just kind of like a mindlessly fun shooter, which is what this sounds like it would be, and it would be a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Just slap your headset on and jump in with a buddy and shoot some shoot some zambos that's yeah. about it <laughs> it should be free to play but then you have to like swipe your credit card every time you die to i thought he was going to charge you every time you die exactly uh, you just get the paypal receipt <laughs> oh god <laughs> all right well my number four keeping up with the N64 because this is where games need a lot of help, but I loved so many of them. And that is going to be Diddy Kong racing. <laughs> oh my it's God. Never gonna happen, how though. did, how did I forget this? Game? Right. Yeah. Hot. It's better than Mario Kart. Diddy Kong racer is the best car. This, this is true. Yeah. Okay. Ryan agrees, right? Hands down. Look, <laughs> I said this on a prior episode. If it's which game is better then yes, Diddy Kong Racing yeah, is better. Which Great. game meant more to me and which game did I play more? It was Mario Kart 64. Well, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I left so, this off my list and I, I kick in myself for it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, so they, and they did. Well, now you get to talk of, about it anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. They did kind of remake it, but they changed some things. So they, they, they stripped out some characters. They took out Banjo. They took out Conker. They changed Taj's voice, which is probably for the best because he was that was a pretty racially, yeah, charged yeah. <laughs> uh, voice yeah. that, that they gave him. So that's fine. Um, but taking out Banjo and Conquer, that that was a little strange. Um, so, and it was on the DS, so automatically is like not the greatest way to play a, a, a video game, <laughs> at least this type yeah. of video game. But Diddy Kong Racing, I I want it like in the uh, what is it Crash team racing they they did the the remake of that that's what yep. i want I, I want just the the brand new visuals i want the same style of gameplay uh yeah just just new visuals would really do it and i've even heard that that the crash racing game that they team remade th- it has the same type of like overworld as diddy kong racing so that's that's kind of what i'm looking for i should probably just play that game it's fun but 
Yeah. Yeah. I've heard really good things about it. So yeah. Diddy Kong racing. I don't know what, what else to say about it, but I would plunk down so much money on that. This is the game that if it came to NSO in its regular N64 form, I would probably be paying every year to, to keep Nintendo <laughs> switch online. If I could just keep playing Diddy Kong racing on it. Right. Yeah. Well, you said they did remake it, but uh, and took Banjo out, and they took out um, Conquer. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's because the remake wasn't handled by Rare, right? So I think have it was. Be. I think it was Rare, but those two characters were then property of Microsoft. Oh, interesting. So yeah. that was that was the problem, and that was so fresh in the the arrangement that I yeah. think there was still some kinks to work out. But there were there were several games that. Rare already had kind of in the pipe that that were part of the contract between Microsoft and Nintendo that they could still come out. You know, we got um, Banjo Pilot and mm-hmm. and um, I think it was Grunty's Revenge, um, two GBA games that I never played, but I, I probably would have loved them. Um, so yeah, Diddy Kong Racing needs to be remade. Yeah. Uh, and I could see it coming to NSO. I'm just throwing that out there. Like yeah, Microsoft I mean, we've and Nintendo's Banjo. relationship now is 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 pretty good, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I see that one. It might still be tricky just with Banjo and Conquer. I think that's kind of part of the problem. Um, but you know, we we have original Banjo Kazooie on on the system, so it, it seems like those kings are kind of worked out at this point. Um, Conquer. I don't know what 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 that business is. I don't know if maybe Nintendo's like, eh, we're okay distancing ourselves from um, yeah. his adventures. <laughs> True. Well, who knows? Pick. All right. So my number four yep. is Punch Out. This is NES Punch-Out. Okay. Um, well, kind of, right? I feel like, look, Super Punch-Out was great, and the Wii Punch-Out was good. Uh, I, but I'm thinking we just need a new Punch-Out game. <laughs> I need a new Punch-Out game. Um, bring back Little Mac. That's why I say the original one, because I think Little Mac was in, or the Wii obviously had him too, but he he's the face of Punch-Out, right? Like, he's what everybody thinks of when they think punch out. And he's also marketable because of smash brothers. Right. Um, yeah. And you could bring back, definitely bring back the entire roster of the first game, which also like, man, now that I think about it, it could be problematic, right? Just some of the names and stereotypes involved. Uh, could definitely a remake and not a remaster. Right. So. Right. Do some, do some, <laughs> do some tweaking there, obviously, but also bring back some of like the best characters throughout the series. You know, the other two titles had good characters they could bring in too. Uh, and the one thing I want to see, obviously is aside from like the graphical upgrade is I want to see them get rid of motion controls, uh, make it this like Twitch reaction timing game that the first one did extremely well. And I don't think, any game since that first one has done right uh super punch out was great it looked really good 
uh, it was just slow. It didn't, it didn't feel the same as the original. Yeah. The reaction was not as, as snappy. And then by the time you got to the Wii, it was a very good game and comprehensive game, but they had motion controls and grid. And I think you could turn that option off, but it shouldn't even be there. That's not the type of game this is. Um, Man, I have such a fondness for the original and some of those characters you never got to see again. And obviously you can't bring back Mike Tyson or maybe you could. He's boxing again. So, hey, maybe bring back 50-year-old Mike Tyson. Maybe you play as Mike Tyson and Little Max the champ. I don't know. I feel like they oh, so. that that would be tricky, and they would probably <laughs> want it. To, they, they they had never Mike Tyson, do Mike Tyson. because it's <laughs> yeah. you know he's he's the the thing that powers yeah. it forward. Right. It powers itself forward. He's never going to be on an in another Nintendo game. I can pretty much guarantee <laughs> no. you that. Uh, because like I think he just sells weed now, which uh, assuredly Nintendo wouldn't want a part of, right? Um, seriously, I think he does. I think he has like a farm. Yeah. Uh, we're, good for him, right? I mean, Recruit of business. Yeah. No, I'm not like I'm not like dissing it. I'm just saying like Nintendo wouldn't want that. Yeah, it doesn't so fit doesn't the image, yeah. does it? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, heck yeah, Mike. Like you go, buddy. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I just think like bringing it up to 2022, keeping that gameplay. It doesn't have to be complex. I think a lot of games get bogged down in like the complexity and utilizing all the buttons and you could institute more directions when it comes to things like dodging or where you're throwing your punches, but the control scheme of the original is a very good control scheme and they wouldn't have to stray too far from that to make a good game. Make it about, I mean, they called it, yeah, they called it a one, two punch for a, for a reason, like Mm -hmm. just two buttons, just boom, boom. Yep. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If it's Nintendo, it's going to be motion controls. If whatever system it has, motion controls. Yeah, I was going to say this. <laughs> and you got to worry about Joy-Con drift. And, yeah. like that. and then, you know, it's <laughs> funny because I think once ARMS came out, a lot of people, and, and I kind of echo it, say it's the nail in the coffin for Punch-Out. Like, they made ARMS. They're probably not ever going to make a Punch-Out. They're so different. They can be so different. Like, mm-hmm. ARMS mm-hmm. is not what punch out could be or should so, be off of off of that would you want a purely offline punch out like you wouldn't want because obviously arms has the competitive side of yeah. it and things like that so would you just want that kind of offline one player experience yeah i think i would because it's a tricky thing to do online for a game like this so, i mean i don't know how it would work yeah. in terms of punch out but, you know, and I know this is another reason Nintendo won't do it. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be flashy, button, you know, tons of buttons and tons of options. And Nintendo will not do it. But it could be a good, like, $20 to $40 game where it's, you know, you get a great replayable eight hours, you know, even shorter than that, two-hour experience. Like, that's mm-hmm. what the original was. And, and they could really lean into that and focus on getting it right. And make a really, really good game. Right. That would bring us to my number three. Now, I'm not sure if I want this to be a remake or a remaster, uh, but my number three is the original Fallout. War. War never changes. Uh, I jumped onto the franchise in number three absolutely loved fallout 3 and i feel like 
it's almost kind of a meme in the fallout community that if you started at free you're not like a true fallout fan right and so i played free loved it played new vegas that game absolutely took over my life for a solid like nine ten months um and i've fingers crossed now that obsidian and bethesda are both underneath microsoft that we get some sort of spiritual successor or something but i've always wanted to go back to the original fallout just because it's such a key part of the franchise and what i hear about it is so good and so promising but i've just never been able to bring myself to go back to it just purely because of the aesthetic of it and you know, I'm always worried about how it's going to play being, I think it was like a 94 release it came out. It was like 93, 94, maybe even earlier. I'm not sure, yeah, but not it sure. was, it was definitely like early nineties and it was PC. And so I just, you know, I feel like it, I feel like business wise, it makes sense as well. You know, Bethesda are in the zeitgeist because of the acquisition. They, brought a lot of people on with fallout 4 for better or worse and they brought on a lot of people with fallout 76 for better or worse and so it i feel like it would be good for them personally to be like hey you know this is a big part of our legacy and it's a big part of this franchise and here is a revamped version for you to enjoy no, I think it's a great pick. It's funny. I know so much about this game without ever having played it. So I oh, really, it's another re- <laughs> Well, yeah, because I, I, you know, I got into the fallout series. Like I think so many people had, um, and I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos that got into the stories of fallout and just the, the overarching lore. And a lot of it stems mm-hmm. from this first game, uh, yeah. And it, it would be cool to see some of that and fully realized, you know, to the potential of what's what's possible now definitely yeah i think i think this one's just a selfish one i'm like you know i i, I want to play this game i want some quality of life improvements like yeah. you know in an ideal world that's what i would that's what i would have yeah it, it actually surprised me when fallout 3 came out and people were losing their minds over it and i was like i've never heard of fallout apparently this is the third one to come out. And <laughs> I think at that point I looked back and, and saw, Oh yeah, these were, these were very different looking games back then. But yeah. I've, yeah. yeah. I was the same with wasteland. Mm-hmm. Like I wasteland randomly came onto my radar back when I was running a website and someone was like, Hey, do you want to review wasteland free? And I was like, Oh, okay. It's like a isometric RPG. Like, sure. Yeah. And then I was like, well, you, wasteland free i was like i've never even heard of the first two games apparently they're cult classics but i'd never heard of them right um it's like me with desperados right that's another one i forgot that was a game god yeah. yeah it's a it is funny that some some series you know it, it seems like that third title is the one where it starts bringing people's attention yeah. to it <laughs> yeah. yeah there was another game that just came out that was the third in in a series and i just n- had never even heard of it or or just Why never discovery free there we go <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, you, had to, say you had to say it that's for keith that's for keith yeah. in the main quest right there <laughs> very good <laughs> All right, my number three, 
this is one, Ryan, you're going to hate me, but it's Super Mario Sunshine. Because Ooh, I don't want hate this, you at all. <laughs> I, I want this. I want this to be a good game. You Stop know what it. I mean? Now I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. This game has so much potential to be like one of the greatest Mario adventures. And I, 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 I can see it there. I, I so, so close. I just have to, <laughs> I just have to push that camera right where I want it. And I, I can see exactly where this game goes. But no, I mean, yes, I, I know I know we, we jest a lot about this. I, I spent a lot of time playing Super Mario Sunshine. I really did. And I had some really good challenge levels. Um and and the environments, like there's so many good things to like about this game. And I think that if it got that Odyssey fresh coat of paint with some, you know, the not GameCube controller, it, it would it would benefit greatly. And I think a lot of people would would really like it. And I think a lot of people were expecting it with that 3D All-Stars uh, mm. pseudo remake mm. that isn't available anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd play it. Look, it goes without saying if there was a Sunshine <laughs> remake, I'd play it. Right. Yeah. Um, it is a good game, though. Yeah. So I've I've never played it. And I own a copy of 3d all-stars because i i'm one of them schmucks that when they said they were going to stop selling it i was like well i'm gonna have to buy it (laughs) yeah yeah they nintendo called my bluff on that one (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's like no i'm not i was like i'll get it at some point and then uh it was quite hard to get a hold of actually i got very lucky yeah You can still um, get it here in the states. I, th- I think easily. yeah, I think they're pretty prevalent, honestly. Yeah. Oh really? Oh uh, yeah. Over here, they're like I've not I've not seen one in the wild in the wow. UK for a while. Wow. Yeah. Um, are are but, you going to play it, or are you keeping it like yeah. sealed? Okay. <laughs> no. So I, I I've opened it um because I hadn't played the only one of those three I'd played was Galaxy. Oh wow! I hadn't even played Mario sixty four. Wow. And so um me and when me and ellie moved in july last year we knew we wasn't going to have wi-fi for a while so i was like okay we're going to bust out the mario game when we move in (laughs) and we opened it up put it in and was like okay we'll start with the first one and we started with 64 and both of us were just like yeah no this is just enough mario for today (laughs) and (laughs) we we haven't gone back to it but but um sunshine is on there yeah it it's the one for me that was the most appealing of the three just because of how different it was with the water gun and the Mm jetpack and all of that stuff uh i am aware of the camera so that that will be (laughs) that'll be interesting it's not that bad yeah it's no mario 64 so (laughs) exactly (laughs) another one i'm really interested to hear what you think of um I'm actually really interested to hear your next game that you're playing on your show, uh, the Wind, Wind Waker, because that is my favorite Zelda game. Ooh. And I, you know, you've never played it. I've never played it. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I don't know if it made it into the episode, but it was really weird because um, Jared messaged me beforehand and was like, hey, I'm thinking of playing a game, but I need to know if you have the means to play it because right. it's a bit of a funny one. And so he told me and I was like, yeah, no, that's not a problem because I had two choices for my next main series, Wind Waker or what I'm going to pick. 
Oh. And so when he told me we were playing Wind Waker, I was like, oh, okay, right. Yeah, cool. You've made my decision for me. That's perfect. Because <laughs> ah. I was going to get to it anyway. That's awesome. I'm, so I appreciate you, you not it? letting it slip to what, what your other game is. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys always do no. that really well. <laughs> Keep it the secret. It's, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always a surprise. But <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those games that, Again, I never got around to play in and was the most appealing of the franchise. So are you are you gonna play Wind Waker or have you played Wind Waker on the Wii U? No, so that is how Jared is playing it. Okay. Uh Jared is playing it on virtual console. Okay. I I am emulating it. It's okay. I spoke about <laughs> emulating. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, look, I mean you know, if it, if it gets to a point where the company have no chance of making money on the game, then just emulate it. Right. But, <laughs> um, no, so I'm, I'm going to be emulating it. I do own a GameCube, nice. and I'm I'm on the fence about buying a physical copy because apparently in the States they're, like, super expensive, but they're, like, £30 in the UK, oh, which yeah. work, works out to, like, $45 or something, mm-hmm. which is, like, half the price that Jared told me it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would um, recommend it. Yeah, so I'm I'm debating. I might buy the physical copy and do it the the proper OG way. Yeah, very good, very good. So speaking of Zelda, <gasps> my number three the- is Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I know Ben doesn't like this game. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, I I have I have more of an appreciation for this game now of mellowed on it. But yeah, there are definitely some quality of life things that could be done in a remake that would exactly. make it more favorable to play. Hundred <laughs> percent, exactly. Right, and they so did some of that with the three D. Yes, I know. Okay, <laughs> they did some of those quality of life changes with the three D remake. But I'm not talking about a, a remake for a handheld for a DS. I'm talking about like for the next nintendo console i'm talking about like unreal 5 quality oh, with a, seriously even just have unreal you seen 4. the unreal f- have yes, you I seen have. the unreal 4 fan remake yeah it's beautiful yeah it looks it amazing beautiful and um yeah like a populated world real people walk like like hyrule castle should be bustling right yeah. And at the time, during the era where the original came out, it felt like a very populated yeah. world. The but sound now... helped a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you Hyrule even... Field should have more than nine trees. Yes, <laughs> <You know>? exactly. <laughs> uh, but like, imagine entering Castletown, right? And you just see a sea of people doing their things, going about their business, carrying, you know, whatever their goods, anything, being with their families. And, you know, you have... S- dynamic animations of walking through a crowd you know shifting like it would be so cool all i'm thinking is sorry all i'm thinking is link doing like a assassin's creed outside, yeah like <laughs> pushing me out yeah. of the way <laughs> right <laughs> like blended in with the crowd um no but i just think yeah ocarina had had a more like photorealistic it's so silly to call a nintendo 64 game that but it wasn't cartoony like some of the other zelda games right and i think they tried to mimic that with twilight princess and in my opinion they were unsuccessful twilight princess leans more towards like dark and gritty with with its art style instead of like what you would see in the real world right and I picture this looking like a realistic medieval world. I mean, not to bring up Bluepoint again, but like Ocarina 
kind of with Demon Souls remake esque environments, right? Especially like those... after the time shift, like yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. especially after that time shift, you could really get dark with that if you wanted to. But um, yeah, I just think the characters involved, the storyline involved. You don't even really have to change the environments; you just can make them larger like you can just make them more detailed right and i think i i know it's kind of contradict a contradiction for me to say oh golden eye is this untouchable but remake ocarina <laughs> of time but i think there are a lot of ways to get this right and there are there is room for improvement you know i talked about my love for this game but i'm also not blind the ui and you know slapping on the the well, uh, whoever metal boots, that menu right? needs yeah. slapping oh my god <laughs> right right There's... well so the thing about zelda is we've seen all these iterations even in 3d mm-hmm. where it can work and we mm-hmm. we can have those better evolutions of the system yeah and it would fit a really nice space where it is a larger game than the original but it's not breath of the wild large right you know it's it's more manageable than breath of the wild more focused exactly uh i i would wholeheartedly buy this day one yeah i mean it would sure i mean i'm i'm not gonna lie i would like i at first i was very unsure when we finished playing ocarina I was like, I can see why people like this. But mm. The more I fool about it, I still, I mean, I've gained more of an appreciation for it. And even just in terms of like raw processing power now compared to then, you could fit more assets on the screen and that can completely change how it, you know, the couple in Castletown don't have to be spinning stationary on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Like they can actually be moving around, you know? Right. And it just, it would be completely different. Yeah. And it had been a whole new generation of, of gamers to it. You know, there are so many people, there's so many people that probably experienced Breath of the Wild as their first Zelda game. Oh, and, I'm sure of it. Yeah. And so, you know, they're more than likely aware of Ocarina, but they probably look at it and go, that's, that's polygonal as hell. I'm, I'm not touching that. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd have to be so careful. Like you are, you are on thin ice more than Golden Eye. Like you are on a razor's edge remaking right. that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you, but I also think like it's no less pressure than they get when they make any Zelda game, right? Like I I, 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 I disagree. I don't know because Ocarina is Ocarina isn't even like the it. best Zelda. It's supposed to be the best game of all time. Like you know, right? But perfect I mean, game. Everybody, in my opinion, people expect that from the next Zelda title too. Like it has become this series that people hold in a regard when. Okay, you know, I mean, the sequel to Breath of the Wild yeah. is, is going to be interesting. Yeah. Some lofty expectations for that. And I think if you put those teams on it, those developers on it, they're people who deal with high pressure constantly. And they <laughs> have arguably fumbled the ball. Only a few times, in my opinion, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, Jared in the distance. <laughs> yeah, never, right? Uh, but no, I think I think there. Are, I, I mean, it could be argued that they've never fumbled the ball. Absolutely, I think every Zelda game is playable and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's I think it's possible. It's definitely. I mean, the the question is, would you would you put voice acting in it? Would you bring it into the, mm. the new into the modern times? Can I mean, you change it? 
Well, no. I mean, so yeah, I think voice acting, you, you could do a Breath of the Wild thing for sure. Yeah, you bring voice acting into it. Uh, but not, I'd love the guy like, who played Kratos to do Ganondorf. That, that would be great. Amazing. Oh my gosh, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. He just and like have this little Easter egg in there where he calls Link boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like boy. See, I, I think that's where you hit those expectations that people are going to have. And if you change something as fundamental as voice acting, I think you lose like half the people right there. But don't you feel like that was what people, those are, those are thoughts people had going into Breath of the Wild. And I didn't I think mean, the voice acting added anything to Breath of the Wild. I could have easily just read all of that. And- so I, I'm i partway through Breath of the Wild. Um, it's been on hold for a while. I, wild. Been on hmm. hold for a while. I, the, I did the first beast. I did the elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to lie, the the voice acting was an amazing breath of fresh air for mm. me. Okay. Absolutely changed my perspective on the franchise and absolutely changed what I expected from the next Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, and so, okay, I, I, okay I'm, I'm curious, Ryan, sorry to keep getting on about no, it, but um, I, I'm curious, are you imagining a remake like frame for frame remake or are you thinking of a reimagining at a final fantasy seven? No, I think, I think a beat for beat remake, like as far as the story goes, it could be beat for beat. You could obviously add dialogue, add a few, add quests, things like that side mm-hmm. quests, um, add some more NPCs that you can converse with and things like that. But uh, I think overall for the story beats, it would, I I think that's one of the high points of the original game, and I think keeping that would be would be that'd be the one thing you couldn't touch. Uh, unsurprisingly, I have to disagree with Brian <laughs> and say, yeah, no, I I I do agree with Ben. I think the voice acting, it's like finally, you know, Zelda finally got there uh, when the, mm-hmm. I heard the voice acting in Breath of the Wild, and uh, it was a breath of fresh air. Maybe I need to it play is, it I- again but it, yeah. it just didn't add anything. I, it, I didn't, it, it wasn't that I disliked it. It just didn't elevate the game in any way to me. I just think it's so much better hearing people, hearing their emotions, hearing them inflect than reading it. And a lot of the time playing Zelda games, it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I, I'm reading it like, good. Yeah. Got it. You know, right. you're not getting yeah. the emotion that goes behind voice acting. And, sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I mean, when I, started playing legends arceus that was one of the first things i was like why are they not speaking like what what where is my voice acting yeah yeah i feel like the the one time you get any sort of like inflection or tone in a zelda game that you do have to read everything is where the music is playing you're reading through and then they stop the music and then the 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 line is 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 fed or they like, mm-hmm. you know, make it really mm-hmm. big text. Like that. That's how yeah. they they have done it in the past. So, I, I just need to play it again to to really pay attention to that voice acting. I think. Yeah, it, it adds a completely different tone. Yeah. yeah. All right, my number two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this this may be obscure. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> uh, it's a PS1 tile called Hogs of War. And this was a oh, okay, dude. You have to look this up. So <laughs> okay. it was um, 
so it was a 3D turn-based strategy game where you played as pigs that represented <laughs> armies of the different nations. Oh, so you had like the UK, America, Japan, Russia, and essentially you'd have a massive map and you would just need to eliminate all of the other pigs. But you had, it was like that mixed with worms. So you had like bazooka, you could call oh, cool. airstrikes and things like that. And it had this really cool feature where you could generate maps. So you could tell it, oh, I want uh, this amount of vehicles because you had like uh, turrets that you could sit in that but could also be blown up by the enemy. And you could put like water down that you had to try and swim through, but you'd lose health when you tried to swim through it. There was oh. minefields that you could incorporate and you could tell it how much you wanted of each fin and it would generate a map. And then if you didn't like it, you just pressed a button and it would generate a new map. Oh, wow. With the same values for everything. And- With the same values for That's everything. Cool. Yeah. Um, really, really great game. It had a single player campaign where you essentially chose an army and were just trying to go around dominating the world. And the, it was basically like levels. You just went from bit to bit, defeating other countries. Uh, the problem <laughs> and why it needs to be a remake is that um are either of you familiar with the uh uk comedian rick male i am not no okay so Sorry. rick male is a no dude this is a it's a very uk thing but he is a british comedy legend who was involved in like shows called like the young ones he was in a show called bottom they're very uh ton-in-cheek slapstick crude comedy but he was um he was an absolute icon absolute icon and the game came out at the peak of his fame and so he voices all of the characters wow (laughs) all of the characters the japanese characters the russian characters Mm. the french characters (laughs) everything and so it, at the time obviously i mean i was young i was playing it i didn't know anything um and so i went back and played it and i was like oh yeah no this is this is not okay this is yeah this is not good um but i just it was one of these games where you could play on a screen with a single controller you just pass to the next person so you could have four people playing this game at one time and it was really cool, and I just imagined the idea of like a four-player online lobby with just you and your mates just going at it in these massive maps where you can like you could do things like you can jetpack across the other side of the map and then put down a stick of dynamite and blow up them up. And uh-huh. you had like you had snipers who could camouflage themselves as trees, and then they would disappear from the map so they wouldn't be on the because the map would show crosses where all of the pigs were mm-hmm. but if you disguised yourself you would disappear from the map so you could use that to your advantage and go to like a high point where you could snipe away at the enemy that's cool and i mean gameplay wise it's absolutely amazing absolutely brilliant game and it would be cool for the online uh environment today you just you, you need to you need to sort out that voice acting and and the accents. <laughs> yeah, they so are, they are they are bad. It's Hogs of War. 
Hogs of War, and the picture is um, look it up. <laughs> it's a, a green army helmet with like a sachet of ketchup and a sachet of mustard on it. Oh. <laughs> I feel like you have to change the name too because people are going to be like, "Is this related to Gears of War?" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be like a like a a very clear spiritual successor or something right. but i just i think that this format is just i personally i would i would absolutely buy this in a yeah. heartbeat <laughs> yeah so you're talking about four people playing passing around you know the controller uh that's how mm. i played advance wars was passing around the uh, game boy like playing it so yeah definitely sounds like a game i would enjoy i'd play it in a heartbeat there's there's something about watching somebody else come for you like you're you're sitting Mm -hmm. there watching because you watch from their perspective so you can see they're on the map and you see where they are and you're like watching as they charge up this bazooka shot and you're like oh (laughs) no is it gonna hit me is it gonna miss me like and so that just kind of adds to the whole atmosphere of the game um it may just be like a really uk fin i don't i don't know but this game was like a big part of my childhood it was a big part of a friend of mine's childhood and um i'm yet to buy a copy for the ps1 but i desperately want a remake of this game i just checked it's not on my emulation machine but ah. like a sea of cane soul reaver is so nice. oh, there you go. <laughs> might have to fire that up <laughs> but i definitely i mean if you have the means to emulate it i definitely say uh check it out it's local only obviously um and you know you gotta look past the voice acting but gameplay wise is is solid as hell that's cool good nice. pick obscure pick that's a yeah. that's a very personal one i like i can appreciate <laughs> oh, that yeah I can appreciate definitely that. Nice. all right well my number two is going off of something that has been remade and I just want more of it. And that is Tony Hawk three and four. Oh, that's That's, cool. That's the package I want because those, those two were equal, if not greater than one and two for me. And I just feel like there's so much great music. I loved a lot of the levels in, in those two games Um, Four Mm -hmm. especially. I I think a lot of people have had jumped off at that point and wanted something new. Um, but four had a lot of great levels with the, there's like the zoo. Um, there's another like college campus. Um, but yeah, Tony Hawk three and four, I feel like just, just give it to me the same way you did one and two. I, I think that was the perfect type of remake. Um, and just, just more levels of that. I feel like that's where I want every, all of this remake stuff to stop. I don't really care about underground or right. Tony Hawk ride, obviously like any of those you don't want American races. Wasteland, no. No, no. <laughs> I didn't even touch those games. It just didn't. It, they had gone off the rails in a, a major way. So, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, three is one of those those top games of all time for some people. Um, so I, I feel like there's there's definitely more to mine here. I don't know if we're ever going to get this. You know, I, think, I feel like it's coming. Well, so maybe. You know the 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 remake of one and two was successful, but mm-hmm. now this is going to be in Microsoft's hands. So mm-hmm. it's hard to know what they're going to do. I mean, maybe it it just pushes it more forward, but everything is kind of up in the air at this point with with these Activision properties. Man, getting three and four, 
on Game Pass Day One. Oh yeah, be pretty no, cool. Can you imagine? Cool. That'd be yeah. pretty cool. That's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like this is coming though. I, I feel like your wish might be fulfilled here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we reckon we'll end up with like a resi fin where they're just going to work their way through all of mm-hmm. the old ones and just remake. Yeah, everything yeah. in one go. Yeah, yeah. Play the Resident Evil Three remake if you haven't. Not you, anybody, oh. anybody who will listen. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Is a very very good remake. Oh, Thanks. very good. Someone who shares my opinion. Uh, I just haven't played it. <laughs> seems like it'd be a good. <laughs> Steam I, I almost bought it for you. I know I gave it as one of your options for playing because you lost a, the bet. Right, uh, right. But you did not jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my number, we're on number two, two. We're yeah, on number two. Right. All right. So I my did number three two. and four for my number two. So That's yes, right, go ahead. Did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my number two is Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. Nice. Uh, there's a number of reasons why. I think this game is... It was groundbreaking for survival horror. You had mentioned Metal Gear Solid earlier, Ben. Uh, and this did some similar fourth wall breaking things uh, way ahead of its time in that regard. I mean, it would shut off your, make it look like a console shut off and you'd get a blue screen like your TV inputs used to have, right? <laughs> the volume would change. All It was like insane. You'd enter a new room and your character would be walking without a head. Uh, because there was an insanity meter, so you were you were playing as human characters, and the more that your character experienced that they couldn't quite wrap their head around, your insanity meter would go up. Uh, obviously, it had a health meter as well, and things like that. Um, and once that insanity meter went up, some crazy stuff would happen in the environment or to your character, and none of it was really occurring but you'd perceive it that way. And it was just oh, really, really cool. And there's so much potential now to do things there's like There's so that. much. I'm just like going through in my mind right. all the things like, they could mess with you. Like you could have sounds coming out of the controller. You can make it seem like you hooked up with somebody on like an online person and yeah. have someone like a voice actor come in like, hey, like, what are you doing? Why are you playing this game? Kind of thing, right? Like there's just yeah, some crazy. really interesting things they could do with it. Just uh, say your batteries are low on your controller and have people freak out about it. Yeah. Oh and this... God. This game was more like psychological horror than spooky. It did get spooky at times, but they could really do a good j- job of improving that. Um, it went to some really great environments and locations. Uh, the scope of the game basically focuses on uh, four locations, a mansion in Rhode Island, uh, a temple in uh, Cambodia, uh, cathedral in France and an under an unnamed underground temple in the Persian desert. Uh, and it has like the tower of Babel in this underground temple and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, spans from 26 BC to 2000 AD, really huge time range there. I mean, it is a large scope to the story, but the environments were so varied and so cool. And to see that it with current gen graphics would just be really super mind blowing. And uh, they can make it spookier. I think, you know, the, some of the character designs, sure. They could find, if you consider them scary for the time, absolutely. But it was more about the tension that that paranoia and insanity meter brought to it, but you can make every ounce of this unsettling if you Mm. improved character designs uh improved lighting things like lighting things like the environments and uh the story was great i don't think they have to make many tweaks to that but um yeah i would just love to see a remake of this game Uh, it's it's probably never gonna happen uh well 
so I, w- I was looking it up, sorry, while you were talking, because mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with this game. Um, it was directed and written by Dennis Dyack, who did oh, Legacy of Kane. How nice. crazy. <laughs> um, and essentially, it was cancelled by Nintendo. A, a follow-up was cancelled by Nintendo. And Silicon Knights mm-hmm. went bankrupt and, dis- and disbanded. Dennis Dyack then attempted to make a spiritual successor to the game. Um, but he tried twice on Kickstarter, and both times the campaign failed. Oh no! Being put on a definite, being it was put on a definite hold, um, and apparently it's regarded as one of the greatest games of all time. It, I was just looking through the the plot is like there's nine paragraphs of plot yeah. on this Wikipedia page. <laughs> it's hefty. I mean, yeah, it spans thousands and thousands of years, right? There's yeah, but it seems lot. right on my alley. Oh, it's, and it's so like good. a GameCube game. Yes, <laughs> if you haven't played this, I. Would so this is the thing that the greatest improvement they can make is with gameplay, especially the <laughs> combat. I feel like walking into this game now would be difficult as far as the combat goes. Um, there's the largest room for improvement there. Yeah, Silicon Knights was interesting. They were working on a sequel, and then it kept getting pushed back. And then eventually, well, first I think they announced another title, and people were really looking forward to their next game after this. Uh, and then it just got delayed and delayed and delayed. And then I think once it became apparent, people weren't really looking forward to their new game. They were like, oh, we're going to make a sequel to Eternal Darkness. And then people, it gained interest. And then it just never really came to fruition and people lost interest again. And it's a shame because um, this was actually a game that looks kind of dated for the GameCube because it was originally being developed for the Nintendo 64. So uh, yeah, delays uh, were a problem even for this title, but um, man, I'm glad it, it came out at all. Uh, Oh man. A remake of it would be. Go on. Yeah. No, no, it would be astounding. I was, I was just looking for, I keep interrupting you guys. I'm sorry. You're I'm perfectly just, I'm, fine. I'm amazed, I, I appreciate amazed this kind of conversation. Stuff. Yeah. I appreciate like we interrupt all the time. I think like that is how conversation works. So like, by there's all a means. Screen sh- there's a screenshot here on the Wikipedia of like one of the traps that you were talking about, like the insanity mm-hmm. trap. And it's like a prompt is like delete all saved games. Are you sure you want to delete all right. of your saved games? <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, it would oh do it. God. It would act like that was happening. Yep. And uh, you'd be left with like a blank screen. So you'd, th- you'd crazy. Yeah, it was wild. And imagine now, like the world's so connected now. There's so much more that's possible online and in a video game. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely it's just going to like auto post things to Twitter for you. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, man. Oh. I, I feel so. I I really wanted to like this game. And I, I played it, but it was around the time of Resident Evil remake. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I think I just came off of that and then was expecting another Resident Evil type game, which this game is not. It, it has some shared elements, but don't go into it thinking it's that type of game. It, mm-hmm. it is its own kind of piece of media mm-hmm. here. Um, and yeah, man, I, I, I feel like I, I, tainted my my view of the game and just couldn't get into it the way I wanted to. And then you hear all these stories about the the aspects of it that are, are wild like that. And yeah, it, it would be a little difficult to play nowadays. So a remake would would be do it a lot of justice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very love crafting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like you said, with the technology advances as well, like it'd be really interesting what they could do. Yeah. That'd be absolutely crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, does that bring us around to my number one? It is. It is, is the it? number one. Oh, okay. Uh, completely different to my previous entries. My number one is very specifically Burnout Free Takedown. I absolutely loved this game. I'm a big fan of racing games and I tend to lean more towards simulation than anything. Mm. But this was the one arcade game that just absolutely was just one of the best to me. I just absolutely loved it. The whole, the premise of it is street racing, but there are takedowns and you could ram your opponent into other cars, but then there was also these like picturesque moments where you could ram your opponent and there would be set places where you could like ram them into a landmark and you'd get points for ramming <laughs> them into a landmark and stuff. And, and again, it's one of these things where I imagine, cause these were like 16 car races. So I just imagine this like 16 person lobby oh, playing yeah. like burnout takedown uh, and even like there was a crash mode where you had to try and earn as much money as you yes. could. That was my favorite yeah. mode. <laughs> oh, that was that was the best mode. Yeah. But I just I've tried to I've tried to find another arcade racer that has brought me as much joy as Burnout Free did. Um, Paradise didn't cut it for me personally uh but this is this is what i want i want a split second was it split second velocity that got very very close um that was like a game where you drove around and you could interact with parts of the environment so you could like as you was driving past there'd be like a container handing up and you could drop the container down so that the person behind you had to go around it (laughs) and things like that like that was very cool but nothing is nothing is come close to burnout free in my opinion have you played and like forza horizon at all yeah so i i, I played horizon f- a bit of four and mm-hmm. i have five installed i need to jump back into it uh i just i think i want the destruction side of take sure. i think that's <laughs> what i want like the the arcade side of horizon is great and you know horizon horizon feels specifically horizon five feels like what i thought burnout paradise would be um and i'm enjoying what i did play of it 
but I want that like I want that destruction. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so was three three was not an open world either. Like it was no, it was not. No, yeah, it was like race, set courses right. and stuff. And I think there's uh, value to that. <laughs> like I think there's a yeah, lot of definitely. value to that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the point I'm getting to, where it's like not everything has to be open world. Like there are some times <laughs> that you can chew like a set environment. And I feel like an arcade racer is, is one of those times. Yeah. I feel like it's the reason I didn't keep playing five uh, horizon five rather for a horizon five, because it was like, man, I don't want to drive for 15 minutes finding the next race. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Just, yeah, there was plenty to do in between those races, but it was like, okay, you know, can I just go right into the next race yeah. and have more of the fun that I'm enjoying? And I, I loved those burnout games, how you would earn the turbo by doing more stunts and doing, you know, like the crazier... driving into oncoming and yeah. near misses and fins. Yeah. 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 No, this would be a good one. Yeah. I just, yeah. I want that 16 player mm-hmm. online lobby of destruction. Like that's, I'm just choosing chaos. Like. No, it's. I mean, it's like it's a similar, you know, feeling that I get when I win a Mario Kart championship. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You didn't see any other racers in that race. Is the thing. I'm kidding. But like, when, yeah, like it's when you do it to someone else, and you get to, you know, if you're playing with friends, you get to hear the reaction, right? And yeah, it's it, it's something special to come out on top when you know you're playing against real people and not AI. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm just kidding about Mario Kart. I only mentioned it because Ben brought it up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you you inflicted a lot of chaos on me in that. I would just see you whiz by and would just blow up. I don't even know what you threw at me. I would just wow. get hit by something. You were just a number. You were just another <laughs> racer. <laughs> number 10. All right. Well, my number one, Ryan is gonna be like yep yep that's that's that seems correct super mario rpg no (laughs) no i wouldn't dare uh this is one that i wanted the moment i beat it and the moment any new system came out i have always wanted this game and there have been people who have made game or like they have taken it and and made it and then nintendo takes it down and that game is Chrono Trigger. die if they remade Chrono Trigger in any way if they don't die the same (laughs) 
I, w- I would probably just die. I would hear it get announced <laughs> and then just keel over. Right. Um, you know, if they if they just remade it with everything the same and with great graphics, I would love it. If they did a Final Fantasy VII remake, I would be floored. That that you know, as as hyped as people were about Final Fantasy VII, Chrono Trigger is absolutely the game for me that I would I would be in that same camp as people. But oh man, this game is just so special to me and. I, I can play it, you know, tomorrow and, and still have a great time with it. So it, it doesn't need it, but it's still a game that I could absolutely see shining with with some some a fresh kind of paint on it. Yeah. Which the same question though, would you do the voice acting? Would you add anything to it? I would say this oh. this is a game for voice acting for sure. I, I would I would much prefer voice acting in my Chrono Trigger. I, I feel like still the main chrono character doesn't speak because he doesn't really do anything like that in, in the game but that i mean mm-hmm. same with link you know that that mm-hmm. same thing happened yeah yeah no i uh should have seen this coming um, yes yeah, <laughs> should have seen this coming <laughs> i think it fits with with the final fantasy 6 and i i agree this is another uh, yeah. one I, I did think about this and um i'm surprised i didn't think enough that it would be on your list and number one. <laughs> right. But, you know, obviously when I thought, oh, fi- what Final Fantasy, what early Final Fantasy specifically is the thought I had would, would yeah. work well. It was like, well, Chrono Trigger would work well too. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Um, and those games are back to back and and in the same vein. So yeah, man, yeah. it would work so well. I do and, think. And that that's yeah. the thing. It, it has been done. There was, I forget what group of people were putting this together, but I've seen footage of, you know, just walking around in his house in a fully 3D environment. And it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And th- that was something from like, I don't know, 2010. So just imagine what it would look like now. Yeah. It'd be incredible. It'd be yeah. incredible. So what if they did voice acting and Lavos is like, mm, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I am kind here of here to add the world. <laughs> like some ridiculous voice that I have voice. right now. So oh, see there. <laughs> I mean, what would he sound like, Brian? I want I want to hear your take on it. Well, I mean, his his scream is pretty legendary. So, oh, well, if, don't scream into the yeah. Place. No, I don't want to blow out everyone's <laughs> mic and ears. Um, but yeah, this is a game I've not played. <gasps> uh, not played. It's better than Mario RPG. Play. Oh, okay. Well, immediately I'm more interested, <laughs> and uh, I keep I keep teasing kai i'm like oh yeah the next game it might be chrono trigger because he's like oh no he doesn't want to play he's like i don't want to play like a 25 hour jrpg oh sure (laughs) um and i think like the time mechanic is is what throws him off as well Mm -hmm. um but it is on my list to to play and i'd definitely be more likely to play it if they if they remade it oh absolutely they they just did some improvements to all the versions that are out there, like for Android, iOS, and Steam. They they added some improvements to bring it back up to you know what modern phones are at least. And yeah, yeah, I, I forget what they did with the Steam stuff, but th- there are some improvements there as well. So there's some great ways okay. to play it right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, are we at the end of the list here? Right. This is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. I have to say that. I would play almost every game that we talked about today. 
if they if they yeah, genuinely <laughs> yeah so it's a good thing these all aren't releasing within like a week or two of each other right <laughs> february 2023 exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like every year now the game of the year will come out in february right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so with all that being said, my number one, it should come as no surprise to anybody. My number one is Weapon Lord. I, w- I, I was thinking that might be your pick. Did you really? Yes. Wow. Am I that I predictable? It is Weapon Lord. It's, of yeah. course it's Weapon Lord. <laughs> um, so initially, I should have stated earlier that my list is in no particular order as far as like want. Um, mm-hmm. it, but this was... This was supposed to be the big reveal. There it goes. <laughs> Initially, I was going to do this as a joke pick, as like my honorable mention, but I thought about it. And like in all seriousness, I don't think there are a lot of weapons-based fighters, not big, well-done weapons-based fighters anymore. Um, and this would be really cool, this medieval fantasy fighting game, really good graphics. They could do so much to improve the controls. Uh, keep in mind, this was a game I got because I wanted to play it based off of how it looked. So keep the the characters and all that. Just update it for 2022. Make it online. Um, make it playable would be nice. That, uh, that box art sure is something. Right? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Beefy dudes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, this is not just a joke pick. Uh, I always enjoy the Soul Calibur games, uh, which are weapon-based fighters. I always think there's more potential for fighting games that involve weapons than hand-to-hand combat, uh, especially when it comes to animations and fighting styles and things like that. Uh, weapon variety mm-hmm. could play into it. Um, I think you could have a story. You know, I think I think people are really in a place where they enjoy medieval fantasy and you could really dive into the lore and build around it uh, and go beyond like the one paragraph you get in the beginning of the game and get into each character's backstory. I'm thinking like, which was another one that I almost picked was twisted metal black, right? You really got a feel for who the characters were that you had been playing with in that game and in prior ones and a feel for the big bad himself, right? Calypso, uh, and it could do something similar where these characters have backstories, they have motivations and they have, I even like what twisted metal black did when you beat the game. It was like a monkey's paw almost, right? Like, yeah, you got your wish, but it was always worse than you thought it would be. It never really worked out. Um, And I think it could be cool like that, like have a little bit of a darker tone to it, where even if you're the victor, you lose in a way Uh, Mm -hmm. and get Simon Bisley back to do that art, dude. For sure, get Simon Bisley back to do that art. I feel like yeah, you want to say like something. A... Brian, you're muted if you want to say something. Yeah. <laughs> I am I am looking at a level of this game where you are fighting on a giant demon's pectoral muscles and they are gigantic. They are like double D's and <laughs> it's insane. Devada versus Zarak. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Uh, nothing that you said was bad there. Yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine that in Unreal 5? <laughs> I mean, they're jiggling in this like SNES video. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm big on the Soul Calibur. I like uh, right? I like Soul Cal- like Soul Calibur 6 took over my my life for a long time mm-hmm. just because I wanted to play that game nonstop. Uh and I definitely yeah, I definitely think you could 
you could do something with this, See, especially right. in terms of what you said, like in terms of like the animations and mm-hmm. and things like that. That's where it would get interesting. Yeah, it, it did some unique things for the time. The character designs were really cool. But can so you're you're a fan of Soul Calibur? Can you think of another major weapons based fighter? Like off the top of your head, I can't really think of one. The only one that comes to mind that may count is blaz blue okay yeah but i i, I wouldn't say blaz blue blaz blue's major if you're into fighting games mm-hmm. yeah but you know like a, a, a normal sort of gamer who doesn't play fighting games isn't really gonna know Blaz blaz yeah. blue well i think something like um, this would have a different feel to it than that as well definitely yeah. i mean that's like over the top right. anime, anime yeah stuff yeah so would you go like uh would you go like gore if you're doing like a medieval thing? Like, are you going to have like a bit of blood and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think more fighting games need, and I'm not like thirsting for gore. I don't think it like draws. Or that Mortal Kombat. <laughs> right. Yeah. But Mortal Kombat, it's really the only one left that has gore in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Especially yeah, if it's weapons I based. Think so, yeah. If people yeah. are getting cut with weapons, they should probably show some damage. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm a Savantis main. He has like a sword and a gun, and there isn't no blood right. at all. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's weird, isn't it? Um, but yeah, Weapon Lord, there you go. I did it. Hey, I'm, it's a, I'm, it's a, a, I'm into it's a, that. It's a number one again. <laughs> keeping the meme alive we've yeah. got to make that part of a shirt or something it's got to be something i know but like i also mean it like yes it is a meme and i know it comes up on the show but like i i do mean it i would like to i would like to see a remake of weapon lord and i would yeah. like to be able to go to a video store and rent it and have a good game that i rented <laughs> none of those things are possible no it's unfortunately not no yeah all right. Well, that's our list. Good job, everybody. Very we did job. it. Yeah. We did it. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and debrief. All right. So here we go. We're just going to debrief. Take them off, guys. <laughs> Make like Boyle's mom. <laughs> Brooklyn reference for anyone who watches Brooklyn Live. Uh, I've never seen that show, but I feel like I would really like it. I it it takes a bit of getting into, but it's uh, (laughs) genuinely hilarious. Genuinely hilarious. (laughs) So we do have a few questions for you, Ben. But before we get into that, once again, shout out your podcast. Anything you want to bring attention to on social media? Anything like that? Uh, yeah. So again, play along podcast, a book club, audio book style podcast. Uh, we are currently playing Wind Waker. Uh, first episode is yet to go live. And yeah, I mean, if you can play along with us, then play along. If it's a game you've already played before, then come have a listen. And I, I have to shout out the socials uh, at Play Along Pod on Twitter and Instagram because Jared does an absolutely amazing job of keeping up with that. I don't know how he does it. I know I the feeling know how he does it. Ryan takes care of everything. <laughs> uh, I just see how active busy is, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. That <laughs> I'm so happy. I can't do that though. <laughs> um, and we do have a Discord as well. 
uh, which is a great little place. Uh, lots it of is. good chats. It is. You could chat with me on there. Yeah, there's Ryan. <laughs> oh, well, there we there. go. <laughs> Ryan's in there. Uh, Keith isn't in there. Oh, bastard. So. Yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> Come on, Keith, join the Discord, man. <laughs> no, but uh, there's lots of people in there, and it's a nice little place to sort of chat with some, not just other podcasters, but other people about this thing that we love so much. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah. I'll put all the links in the show notes as well. And I, I would say definitely tune in. I think I started listening to you guys at um, Plague Tale Innocence was the game you were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had just finished the game. And then hearing you guys talk about it, I was like, what? Like they're making fun of the things I liked. But, <laughs> but it was good. It was still one I would highly suggest listening to. Uh, a big reason that I started bringing up Disco Elysium to Brian again is because you guys were playing through it. And I was like, man, I, this is so good. And I think he would really enjoy it, um, which mm-hmm. he did give it a shot and put it down because Elden Ring. Right. So I get it. I get it. I'll, I'll get fair. back to That's it. Fair. Two very different games. You'd have to be in two very different moods. For yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is a very mood specific game for sure. The fin- I mean, it's uh Disco Elysium is one of the few games that I would classify as genuinely timeless. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like I said it that. doesn't matter yeah. when you come to it. Like it's, you can come to it at any stage, any time, and if mm-hmm. you're in the mindset to play it, you will absolutely love what you experience. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. Uh, so yeah, that's another great uh, series you guys did. I do like your interstitial games as well. Uh, oh, they're always just random stuff. I know, like super I, random. The, the one that always got me was was Frog Factions. That was the first one that, like, <laughs> I think it was the first one we did. I think it was Jared's suggestion. And uh, that game is an experience. It's free on Steam if you've not played it. Uh, it's a, a port of a flash game. It's maybe like an hour long, if that. And it's just, I can't explain it to you. You have to experience it. There's, <laughs> and that's not even an exaggeration either. Yeah. 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 You guys do a great job. Uh, with that being said, I have a few questions for you, Ben. Nothing major. I know I said that kind of menacingly, but um, so, yeah. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are very casual. It's not a quiz. <laughs> so um, you you guys uh, played to specific points when you're playing through a, a game like Wind Waker, right? You have it laid out. Mm-hmm. The, you lay it out prior to even the first episode airing where, you know, we're playing to this point for episode one, this point to episode two, et cetera. Uh, do you actually stop playing at that point each week? Oh, now that that depends. That depends on the game. Um, there were times where I have stopped playing, mm-hmm. but then there were times. I mean, like for instance, I'm sorry, Brian, but Super Mario RPG. As soon as I hit that point, I You're was like, done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Disco, Disco was so hard to pull myself from. Mm-hmm. So hard to pull myself from. Um, I, I think it depends on on what we're playing and how much I'm enjoying it. Because the problem is I don't it. I mean, we've said this before in the beginning, I used to take notes. So I would sit and I would write about things that came to mind or things that I was thinking of mm-hmm. to remind myself later in the game, uh, especially like plot points as well. And then we just kind of got into the habit of using guides to 
run through the sections that we had played. And so that meant that I didn't have the right notes anymore. Right. So it, it just kind of, it, it kind of depends, you know, because the problem is I don't want to get too far ahead because where I'm not writing notes, I'll forget something that I want to bring up. Like if I pay two or three weeks worth of a game, it might clear up more time for me in the long run. But I personally, I think that when it comes to recording, I'm going to miss something absolutely that i want to that i want to say yeah i would have the same fear my follow up question was if you do stop is it is it difficult to stop for a game you're enjoying but i i guess you already answered <laughs> oh, that oh yeah no yeah. like this go was this go was really hard man really yeah, hard yeah <laughs> i can imagine I can, that that was the one i was thinking of actually and then um i i guess uh disco was kai's recommendation right so Correct, I, yeah, yeah. i'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably the favorite game you've played for your show that that wasn't one of your own right or is because my question was what is your favorite game that you played it depends depends what you're what you're asking like in Mm -hmm. terms of in terms of pure gameplay and experience then i would say disco yeah Mm -hmm. 100 percent. so outside Uh, of disco well see that's the thing because I really, really love our our series on Kentucky Route Zero. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm I'm a big perfectionist. So for me to say that I enjoy something that I've actually been a part of is like a is is a big fin. But the the conversations that come out of that game are just so interesting for me Mm -hmm. because that game is so ambiguous and kind of tiptoes around this idea of like, you know, what does it mean to be alive? What is, what does it mean? Like, what is their afterlife? And it gets into some intense stuff and just the conversations that we had, because all three of us had a different interpretation of the same narrative is what was really interesting. Um, and even like smaller interstitials, our conversation about the original doom was really cool. Um, and our one about that dragon cancer was, was really cool. Cause that got super into like, you know, me and like my sort of want to be religious, but I am not religious. If that makes sense. Like I kind <laughs> of, I, I, I find myself wanting to be able to believe that, but I can't. And so we kind of got into the, the discussion of that. Which is always the, the 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 interesting thing about the show for me, you know, like just where the conversation goes, yeah, just from from one game. Like we can all play the same game and just have completely different experiences and completely different talking points. Yeah, but absolutely. I yeah, I'd say those those four probably like Disco, Kentucky, Doom, and That Dragon Cancer. They're probably like the top four. Very cool. All all good picks for sure. Um, I actually skipped your Kentucky Route Zero episodes uh, because it is a game I do want to play. Uh, it's and, on Game Pass, so yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Jumping. Now it's there, uh, but I did listen to your Village playthrough because, like, I want to play Village, but I also feel like that's one that I could listen to and still play and get the same effect. You know, kind of like Resident Evil Three. But yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to go, Brian. Uh, the the free make is vastly superior to Village. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. That's good to know. Uh, so, uh, Brian, did you have any questions? Uh, I did not. Okay. That's good. No, good. Don't ask that funky con question. No, I, I won't. I, I, I will refrain. Uh, so now we're going to talk about our debrief. Uh, ben, do you have something that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I, again, I've been cheeky. I've got two. The second one's a very, very short one, but um, the first one is a TV show. If you have access to BBC or if you have access to the UK Netflix, like if you have a mm -hmm. VPN or something, there is a TV show called Peaky Blinders, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, I believe as of recording, the last episode of season six, which is the last season, is airing like this weekend. So it will be completely finished. Uh, if you have Netflix, like seasons one to five are on there, but essentially it is about, uh, it's set just after World War One, and it's about a family called the Shelby family who live in Birmingham and they are illegal bookmakers. So they, they take bets on horses without having a license. And it is their story of being a cutthroat razor gang who are trying to become legitimate and all of the issues that come from that and you know obviously they get to a place of power and then it's okay how do we maintain this power there's only six episodes every season um super digestible killian murphy tom yeah. hardy like some big names absolutely brilliantly written and uh i'm always astonished that i miss this it seems like it would be very much my type of show <laughs> and uh, I've, a lot of people have said to watch it and somehow yep. i've same here oh, <laughs> you absolutely absolutely have to watch it like each bar in five and six because five and six tie into one another each of the seasons are like their own isolated story and they all kind of have their own antagonist and and how mm. they go about it so you like you could watch season one and then come back to season two like five months later it's not gonna make a massive difference you can kind of dip in and out as you need to but, cool. but yeah i highly highly recommend it highly recommend it um and my second one is super corny and super cheesy <laughs> and it's just like if you're listening to this just do that thing that you keep saying you're gonna do that you keep putting off yeah. like whatever Heck whatever yeah. it is like if it's a podcast youtube if you want to learn guitar like whatever the hell it is that you want to do just just do it because that's the first hurdle once you start doing it it gets a lot simpler from there right so no um, i think that's not corny at all like that is perfect perfect <laughs> like i mean it's it's just from like doing this podcast you know like mm -hmm. i i was doing a podcast and stuff before had a website and then I never really, I don't like doing the social media like Jared does. So to have, <laughs> to have Jared doing the social media and then for me to meet all these people, to meet you guys and come on your show and to meet like Richard or go and desert Island games mm -hmm. and meet Keith and all of these people. It's just, it's been absolutely amazing. So yeah, like whatever, whatever it is that you've been put off, you've, you've been putting off doing just just do it man i think that's just great. do it yeah do it 
do it. Just do it. <laughs> Does that bring it to me? That's you. Okay. Indeed. All right. Mine is going to be short and sweet. Fangamer.com. Not a sponsor. What? I said Did this. you do this? Yeah. When? Like a few weeks, like a month or two oh, ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like what? Hold on. Well, they're they're having a sale. You can That's do it. Thing. You can do it. It's they're, fine. They're they're having yeah. this big sale where like there's like 37 to 83 percent off of mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff, um, and a lot of Banjo Kazooie stuff and oh, a lot of cool. Perfect Dark stuff. So yeah, no, right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, you should do it. No, it's not like you're stealing from me. Maybe no, I no, not at all. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of good things from there, uh, before. Um, but yeah, it's a great website. A lot of great, uh, a lot of vinyls too. Um, I don't have any sort of record player, but (laughs) they have a metal gear two vinyl for 35. You found something. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I have a vinyl player. So this is very decent. (laughs) They have a lot of good games on there it's it's crazy yeah they do sorry ryan no 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 no. please they have a lot of it's the sale that's that's really what my my debrief is yeah so uh i think it's a great debrief go check out that (laughs) sale um a thing i've been on the fence about is displate uh they're having a big sale at the moment too and like i'm I'm so close to jumping on it but i just haven't so i can't recommend it displate they're the metal po- like artwork that you can yeah they really make like- they make like metal posters yeah, uh-huh. very like pop culture gaming related uh, uh-huh. anime things like that um, and I'm so close to pulling the trigger on them but I don't know if I will <laughs> I don't know if I will uh, so that being said my debrief is to uh, be kind to the people around you um, no I mean seriously I know you were this oh, is genuinely. why this is why like Ben uh, I was like, no, yours isn't corny because I have the real corny one. <laughs> so, like, I think sometimes we get so caught up in the day to day, right? In the routine of it all. Uh, I don't know your routine, uh, but mine is I get up, I get my son's lunch ready, I take him and my wife to school and work, and and I go to work and I do my eight there, my eight hours there. I go home and it's like just thinking about the next day and what I have to do to prepare for it. And it's so easy to get caught in that mindset. And it's it's not a conscious thought to always take a step back and enjoy the moments. You don't have to be where you think you have to be when you have to be there. You know, take your time, enjoy the people who are with you enjoy their company and show them that you appreciate them. And uh, yeah, I think you'll find that it makes things a little easier, makes your day a little easier, makes life a little easier. Things stop becoming such a big deal and you just kind of go with the flow at that point. And uh, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my debrief. Super corny. And it has a knock, has a knock on effect though, man. Like you pay genuine attention to people. They, become happier and then mm-hmm. they genuinely pay attention to other people and it's just a constant circle of oh <laughs> what is it a constant circle of <laughs> uh, wait there's there two of you <laughs> two of me i'm back i accidentally left. <laughs> no you're fine i got an edit note in there so um yeah so you were saying a constant no, circle saying, of yeah. It's a constant, yeah, it's yeah. 
Yeah, constant circle of happiness. Ah, happiness. Okay. Very good. <laughs> oh, did it cut off a circle? Yeah. It cut off right there. You were like a constant circle of it. It was like, what is it? <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, I'm keeping all this in. Look at Brian's getting frozen too. I think that's Zoom's way of telling us we're going too late. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting caught. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say before we go, Ben? No, no, just um, thank you for having me on. It's been absolutely awesome. And I've uh, I've genuinely been looking forward to it. I want to say uh, sincerely thank you for joining us. I know it is a, this, you're our first international guest, and I don't know why I waited until now to say that. <laughs> but um, I know it is very, very late for you, so I will not keep ah. you any longer. But I do appreciate you doing this. Uh, and seriously, it means a lot that you were willing to do it to be on our, our show. Hey, look, so. man, if I'm going to be up till 4 a.m., this is what I want to be doing, man. So. Well, very cool. We're ha- yeah. we're happy that you you made it. Yeah, we um, really appreciate you being on for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and once again, uh, play along pod. They will be in the show notes. Uh, give them a listen. Give them a follow on social. Uh, great podcast. Definitely, highly recommend it. Um, without further ado, guys, hope you have a great week. And we oh, do oh, have we a show do, next every week. time. Every time. <laughs> oh God! Every time I do yeah. this. Uh, but next week we will be looking at our top 10 villains um, and, and we will have guest in tow. I'm mm-hmm. reading here. Right. Yeah. yeah we will. So, yeah. Um, it's be with- so it's, it's not going to be a top 10 then I, I, I misspoke. Right. It's going to be a top five, um, but yes, Eric uh, from unlockables is going to be joining us for that one. So that'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. He's Look a good dude. Fun. Yeah, he dude. is. He is a very good dude. All right. So now, Without further ado, (laughs) we will let Ben go to sleep. (laughs) We hope you guys have a great week. Bye. See ya. Bye, everyone.